The following podcast is a production of Vital for Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to the Vital for Women podcast, where we share the stories of successful businesswomen and discuss how the benefits of abundant, affordable, and accessible energy positively impacts their business. I'm your host, Lynn Granger, and today I welcome Heidi Gill to the show. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So very exciting. Last year, I understand that you founded Urban Solution Group, and then prior to that, worked in the energy industry for a number of years. Tell me about your journey. How did you get to found Urban Solution Group? Yeah, so previously to founding Urban, I worked at Anadarko Petroleum, where I built their um, mitigation program from scratch, and also helped build their stakeholder relations team. And when I was at Anadarko, I realized, you know, I had a a ton of time interfacing with the community and realized that there's a lot of things that we could do to take the community feedback and turn it into operations. And so I really developed this passion for truly taking the collaborative feedback and incorporating it into which rig are we going to use, which fleet are we going to use to hydraulically fracture, uh, how we're going to orient the operation, how are we going to engage the community. So I really developed a passion for mitigation and the mitigation based on collaboration. And I really thought that there was a need for that in industry, and I thought that we could build on it. Heidi, for those that aren't as familiar, what is mitigation in the energy industry? What does that look like? So you have your traditional mitigation, which are your health, safety, and environment things that industry has had in terms of secondary containment and water recycling and just different things that you do for the traditional byproducts of oil and natural gas development. And then for urban areas, really that is noise, light, dust, odor, aesthetics. And it's it's I kind of put it in a different bucket than the traditional health, safety environment that oil and gas has always done and accounted for. So as operators move closer to urban areas or urban areas move closer to existing oil and gas locations, you really see a need in a development for kind of this new level and a new tier of mitigation. Okay, so if I live in an urban area, really what you're trying to do is make it so I have no idea that there are oil and gas production near my home. Yep. Right? I don't see it. I don't hear it. There's not really a lot of Yeah. Doesn't affect my daily life. That's really what the goal is, right? Can I, Mm -hmm. is that safe to say that? I think it is. I would say that to say that you would never see it or it wouldn't affect your daily life, I put it to what if a restaurant came to your neighborhood that your family likes to eat at or a grocery store in the neighborhood or things like that. There are impacts, and I always say that noise, light, dust, odor, and aesthetics are not exclusively impacts from oil and gas operations. They're mm-hmm. impacts from anything that's near your home outside of a residential environment. Okay. So that's the only thing I would say is that it helps reduce the impacts. Sometimes people don't even know the operation's been going on for a long time mm-hmm. before the wall goes up or before they see a different mitigation measure. So Heidi, that's an amazing experience that you have in the energy industry. Tell me a little bit about how you turned all of that experience into founding Urban Solution Group and then what you do today. When I was at Anadarko and I was spending a ton of time working with a, you know several different vendors, a lot of vendors, not just a few, um, but when I was working with numerous vendors to help manage these, I really dove into it and my full-time job was proactively 
mitigating. And I really thought that industry could do more. And I thought we could innovate further. And we were learning more about the communities that we were operating in. And I just knew that there was a large need for it. And so a little over a year ago, I left Anadarko and founded Urban Solution Group and really did that with the intent of innovating and bringing new products and new practices to market that would just further push industry towards socially compatible oil and gas development in urban areas. And I knew we could do more. That's amazing. And how's it going so far? A little over a year in. Yeah. So it is, it's going great. I'm extremely fortunate for how fast urban has evolved as a company. I'm fortunate for the support that we're getting everywhere from industry to communities to regulators. I do feel like there's a lot of support for urban because everyone truly believes that there's a need and I believe that they're, we're helping to fill that need. We did a capital raise this year and that went very well. Filed a patent on a new type of technology and it's those sound walls that go around location. I knew that we could do better than what was currently out there. And so I worked with structural engineers and fabricators and designed a new type of wall and then went on to do a capital raise uh, to fund the growth of that wall. And so we raised $10 million and we have doubled our manufacturing. We're on eight locations currently, and we have a decent amount that we're working on for this year. Wow, congratulations. That's pretty amazing in just over a year. And talk a little bit, I'm just, I'm interested in the sound wall. So what does that mean in mitigation terms? Yeah, so the sound walls, and really I like to call them sound and visual mitigation walls because they do more than just help mitigate sound. Mm -hmm. They help mitigate light, dust, aesthetics, so really, I like to call them mitigation walls. Okay. Um, but what we did is we made it so it's safer to install. And then when it's up, it has substantially more robust safety features. So not only is it safer for the empl- our employees that are working on location, mm-hmm. it's also safer for the communities in which we operate. You've got very interesting knowledge and experience around this. So there's two things that I would really love your perspective on. The first thing is, you know, they say that Colorado has some of the strictest rules and regulations around the energy industry and and very safe um, standard operating procedures. Tell me a little bit about your perspective on that as far as Colorado versus the rest of the U.S. So I've only ever worked in energy in Colorado. However, urban is starting to expand to other markets. I'm heading out to Pennsylvania this week. So I will learn, you know, a lot more of the intricacies of what other states might be and their regulation. I know for me, before I got into oil and gas, I had a lot of preconceived notions about what the industry was. When I took the time to really dive into the regulations from a safety standpoint, um, what types of tools and technologies are used, I started to have such a better feeling and a better understanding for how safe and regulated the industry is. I think that other states look to Colorado for what we're doing in the airspace and what we're doing with recycling our byproducts. So truly, I'm proud to say I'm in energy in Colorado because that means something to every other state and every other operator in pretty much the United States. Mm -hmm. So Heidi, speaking of safety uh, as it relates to the energy industry, there's a lot of talk right now in Colorado specifically around setbacks. And there's Proposition 112 for 2,500-foot setbacks in particular, which would take it from the current 500-foot requirement to 2,500 feet. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on that. Truthfully, if that initiative is to pass, or if Proposition 112 is to pass, it would be devastating for not just our industry, but for Coloradans in general. 
we would not be able to keep our business in Colorado and be able to stay here. You know, we support 28 welders in Colorado Springs right now with the manufacturing of our products. We support 25 construction workers through a third-party construction company. We have three W-2 employees, probably six 1099s, and all of those jobs would be at risk. And Urban Solution Group's livelihood would be at risk if that was to pass. We would have to move to another state. Well, that would be incredibly unfortunate, especially with all the amazing progress you've made in just over a year. Um, talk about what about um, on a larger scale, kind of the economic impacts to the state as you would see them um, if Proposition One Twelve were to pass. Absolutely. If it was to pass, we would take our amazing state and send it down a course that I think could be very destructive to all Coloradans, especially uh, for our economy. I know that in 2015 and 2016, oil and gas tax gave schools $859 million. If that goes away, where are we going to get that money? Mm-hmm. Our schools are already full. Teachers are already underpaid. And that's just one example of an area that people probably don't think a lot that oil and gas contributes to. It's also to our infrastructure and our safety and public health organizations. So I think that it would truly be devastating. And Coloradans need to understand when they go to vote for this, if they are voting for it, what are we willing to do then to pay for those services where this money goes away? Mm -hmm. Because we're not going to find it hidden in the budget somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's truly going to come, you know, it's going to come out of taxpayers' funds. And I'm not sure exactly what that number is, and I'm not sure where it would come from, but I think any logical person that's going to vote on this How much are you willing to give then to everything else so our state still has our schools properly funded and has infrastructure properly funded? That's a real thing, and those discussions need to be happening, and I hope that voters are educating themselves so they know what the potential impacts are. We have to have energy development in Colorado. It's something that Coloradans are proud of. It's something that sets our state apart and makes us different. And I always say this, but you can have socially compatible, safe oil and gas development in urban areas. The tools and the technologies exist. The regulations are there to advocate for the people. So really, we all need to, you know, instead of trying to do bans, we need to be coming to the table and actually looking at, okay, if we have to beef up regulations. Um, But a 2,500-foot setback is a ban. Anyone that says that it's not is, I would think, ill-informed. Thank you so much, Heidi, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And we'll definitely keep an eye on Proposition 112. As you mentioned, it would have some very uh, large unintended consequences for the state, but also for you as a business owner as well. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This episode and all others of the Vital for Women podcast can be found at vitalforcolorado.com slash women. New episodes are available each Tuesday and can also be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. Our executive producers, Debbie Brown and Amplify Strategies. Our technical producers, John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. I'm your host, Lynn Granger. Thank you for listening and welcome to the conversation.